when I'm when I'm out and uh um and about and you know kind of talking to people and um because I'm as my wife will tell you pretty very social and uh she cannot take me to Walmart cuz um I won't ever leave. Um and so it happens. Um but when I when I run into somebody and I'm and I'm talking to them and it could be just over whatever and I'll end up inviting them to church and one of my one of my big there's two things I do. I usually say, "Hey, we meet in a th- uh, the movie theater," and then usually they go, "Huh? You meet where? What does that look like?" I'm like, "Well, you, you have to come and find out." And then the, my next one is, I will put our worship band, our team, up against anybody in town, Christian, secular, whoever. You come and you check that out, and I guarantee you're going to have it. You're, you're, it's going to be awesome. So. Uh, um, that, that, those, are my, those are my two selling points. I don't even get to the preaching. I was just like, you know, you, once, once you hear that, you're, you're in. So it doesn't matter. And so, um, um, but uh, yeah. So we're going to jump in uh, part seven. Part seven of our four. Who's enjoyed this series? Because I know I have. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Because see, I get to preach this series in Big Lake. So, but typically, um, we're, we're like a week behind. So usually I can, you know, steal all Brandon's good lines and so uh, um, and make me look good, right? You know, this week it was like, hey, I just got the notes and okay, I can't steal your good lines. That's not cool. So you're going to get me with, uh, with uh, uh, the series. So um, buckle up. That's all I'm going to say because you're probably going to laugh because there's going to be some stories in here that, yeah, you're going to laugh. So, um. The faith of those who have gone before us shows us what it means to know God better and to trust him more. And that's what this is really all about, is knowing God better and trusting him more. Everybody is at a different spot in their walk with God. The key is, your goal should be to know him better and trust him more. And I love the fact that you have these the way this sounds is that you have those people that have gone before cheering you on. They're saying, you can do it. You can do it. I loved being at youth camp, right, and seeing these kids engaging and being there and watching them. Yes, I went to youth camp. That's why I got the shirt. See, I've been there, done that. So, uh, but watching these kids engaging in worship, and I'm like, yes! I loved it. Seeing them do that was amazing. Seeing them praying over each other. It's like, yes, that's what they're supposed to do. And so just that idea that you have these, uh, these guys up in heaven cheering us on is an amazing, amazing thing that you can do it. So we're going to talk about Esther this morning. And yes, Esther's a chick, so we're going we're gonna to dive right into here, all right? So, um, great story. Hey, it's me. I told you, it's me. My wife is up here laughing at me because I use chick. I'm just saying. So, for when you are uncertain about your purpose, God has a place for you. How many of y'all have ever been uncertain about your place? Yeah, well, you just... Felt like you just didn't fit in, like you're a, you know, like you're a square trying to fit in a circle hole, right? You're just going. There's something wrong. 
guess what? God has a place for you. And we're going to talk about that this morning. About finding your place. We're going to jump right in. Esther chapter 2. Now there was a Jew who lived in the palace complex in Susa. His name was Mordecai, the son of Jr. And I'm going to probably botch all these names, so my, my redneckness is going to kick in. So um, don't don't like you know laugh at me too bad. All right. So the son of Shemel, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. His ancestors had been taken from Jerusalem with the exiles and carried off with King Jehoshan of Judah by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon into exile. There's a whole lot of information about names there. Mordecai had reared his cousin Hadassah, otherwise known as Esther. Now, that reared means, you know, he didn't kick her in the rear, okay? All right? That means, my wife's laughing at me again. Okay, what that means is he raised her, okay? He, he took care of her. And since she had no father or mother, the girl had a good figure and a beautiful face. After her parents died, Mordecai had adopted her. So here she is. Her place is gone. The future that she thought she had, poof. She doesn't know where she's going to go. She doesn't know what's going to happen. And Mordecai takes over and says, hey, I got you. I got you back. Come on, cuz. I've got you. And I, can, I, I don't know about you, but there have been places in my life when I felt displaced. Where I felt like I didn't fit in. We're going to get into some heavy stuff real quick. When I was, uh, when I was 15 years old, a lot of crazy stuff happened, and uh, we ended up moving back. And uh, I uh, moved out of my mom's house and went to live with my grandfather. Rules changed. The identity that I thought I had was no more. I had to learn a whole new different ball game. I had to find my place again. The friends that I had, I left. Coming back into the coming back here and trying to figure out where I fit. It's one of those things. Fifteen years old, moved in with my papa and my papa was awesome. And uh ends up through the course of discussion. I end up going to Angelo Christian School and uh, was one of those God things. Amazing, amazing deal. And we'll get into that in just a moment. Esther was displaced from her home after being raised by her cousin. Finding your place requires great faith. 
Finding your place requires great faith. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any other woman, and she was his she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now, we're going to do some recap here of what's going on. All right, with Esther. So Esther's family, poof, she's living with Mordecai. Right? And it says up there in the in the front, like, hey, she's a looker. And so um, um, Vashti, right, the king, he, he's the guy. Vashti was the queen, and she decides to not listen to the king. And the king says, okay, well, I'm done with you. That, that's, that's what happens. He's like, okay, you're not going to listen? I'm done. Bye-bye. I'm going to find your replacement. And so there, he has kind of a council meeting, and they decide to throw on the pageant and find his replacement. And he sees Esther and is like, that's the one. Now, she kind of has a choice here. She could, t- she could tell the king no. She could say, no, you're not my style. You're not my cup of tea. You're, you're, I'm not going to listen to you. And she could take her chances as to what the king would do. She had a choice. But she decides that she's going to step out and go, okay. All right, this could be a God thing. And I'm just going to step out and believe God. Finding your place requires great courage. Finding your place requires great courage. And this is where Esther had to show that courage to step out and believe that God has her there for a reason. That she's going to step out and go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Now, this might not be a story of great courage to you. But I'm going to tell you a story about me. And so, for those that, yeah. This was an awesome courage moment in my life. And for some of you, you're going to go, yeah, okay. Um, me and a, a buddy of mine uh, was, was working, putting, we're trying and attempting uh, to put some letters on a reader board. That's up in the air. The only problem is, is that the wind was not cooperating. So we have this big long pole. You got to stick the letters on, and you got to you got to run it up. And the wind is not cooperating, and it's like blowing. Like anybody seen like the Mad Max movie where it's like all the sand, and it's, that's what it felt like out there. I felt like I was covered in dirt. And so we're out there, and we're just in this, and letters are flying. And so then the boss drives up in a front-end loader and says, get in, I'll just lift you up there. And so, anybody knows me, um, there's a reason why I'm vertically challenged. Um, For those that didn't know, that means short. Um, Because I don't like heights. I, you know, just about closed my eyes when we were going up the ramp in OKC, and Joe told me I couldn't do that. 
And so I was like, I'm driving, I'm going, oh, and she's like, don't do it. And so, um, so he drives up with this, with this front end loader, you know, so I look at my buddy who I know has done some dangerous stuff, like blown Tannerite up out in some field, you know, I'm like, he's done, he's done stuff. So I'm like, dude, this is right up your alley. Go for it, man. He go, "Uh uh-uh. What do you mean? uh Uh-uh. Right now, as I do that. And I turn and I look and I swear, I swear that sign went up about ten, another 10 feet. Like I look, I was, and I was like, all right, so, okay, got, all right, got to tap into some courage here, right? And, but see what my friend didn't know was that I knew the background of the person who was driving the front end loader. I knew that from a kid He'd work construction, that that was second nature to him. I knew his background. So when I got in there, I completely trusted him, and my trust overcame my fear. Folks, we know who God is, we know his background. It's all up in the Bible, all the miracles that have happened. When something comes at you and you're afraid, all you got to do is go, yo, look who's got my back. Who's in, who's in control? So I get in this front end loader and, the, and, I'm, and I've got the, the letters there and we're, we're going up and I'm praying the whole time up and down. And he, he got me close, but I'm still having to kind of reach out and hold on to the sign as I'm going Yes, I got short arms, so helps in weightlifting, by the way. And so, um, so we're, uh, so I'm loading the sign, and I get down, and like my heart finally just stops after I'm out of the deal. And uh, that was my big courageous moment that I that I put words on a reader board. But to me, it was you know it was amazingly courageous. Finding our place requires great courage. Courage isn't always the lack of fear, but it is always the willingness to act in the face of a fearful situations. It's the, it's the willingness to act in the face of fearful situations. Esther 4. Do not think... Because you are in the king's house, this is Mordecai talking to Esther. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Now I'm going to stop right there for a second and do a little bit of backtrack. So Esther becomes queen. There's this, you know, there, there's this bad guy uh, named Haman who didn't like the Jews. He didn't like them. And so he he gets the king to kind of make this law and kind of, kind of not trying to annihilate the Jews. And the queen is kind of going, yeah, there's nothing I can do. Like, you don't go to the king 
he calls you. There's nothing I can do. If he hadn't called me, or you know, I'll tell him. I'll tell him what I thought if he asks. But I'm not going to step out there. And so this is Mordecai talking to her and says, "Don't think you will escape this, because guess what? You're a Jew too." For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Mordecai's laying it out. God is going to have his way. And if you can't do it, somebody else will or something else will. God is going to fix this. Now, I want you to listen to this next line. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. This is Mordecai saying, hey, if you're going to keep silent, God's going to have his way. God's going to do something amazing. But he wants to do it through you. God wants you involved. He wants to do it through you. Folks, there are people that you can reach that, you know what? Some of us won't ever have a chance, won't ever cross. That statement that you may be the only Bible somebody reads is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I can tell you from personal experience, driving a school bus, that's what I do as a job. I drive a school bus full of high school kids, turkeys. And I kid you not, there are multiple times when I have to make a choice of whether do I, do I counsel them or do I keep my mouth shut. Because you know what? If I speak... About Jesus, it could get me fired. Luckily, I live in Texas. But there are moments where I have that, okay, how, you know, how far do I want to go with this? Because there are times when I have students that will come up and talk to me, that will sit right behind me and say, you know what, I'm going through this. I've had moments where we're just going to get into this. All right. I've had moments where I had a teenage girl who claimed to be a Satanist come on the bus. She's the last stop. So we get into this discussion. And the whole thing is, she goes, well, but I've done this. I said, so what? But I've done this. So what? But I said, either Jesus is enough or he isn't. It's not about what you did. It's about what he did. It's not about that. Your sins are covered. All you've got to do is accept it. There are those moments when you might be the only person that can do it. And God wants to use you. You are there for such a time as this. 
You might not like your job, but guess what? There might be people you need to reach. There might be people you need to talk to. There's sometimes I don't like my job getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I pretty much mainline coffee, you know, just stick it in me. Like, you know, and as, I, as I'm driving, those turkey kids are sleeping. What are you doing? Somebody better keep me awake. Russ feels my pain. Finding your place requires great focus on God. Finding your place requires great focus on God. It is easy to make your search for your place about you. But it has to be about God. It has to be about God. At camp, guess what? Youth camp isn't just for the teens. I love going to youth camp to see the kids engage and to see the kids learn and to see the kids grow and to go and glean ideas. And let me tell you, Harvest Church is off the hook. And it excites me because I sit there and go, we can do that. Ready for that building. But one of the things that was said, there was um, one of the speakers, he made, makes a statement. He says, he says, when you have somebody and they say, put Jesus first and like family second and like job third, he says, that's completely, totally wrong. Jesus doesn't belong on a list. And I sat there for a moment and then he makes this statement. And he says, Jesus should be the center of it all. Every single thing should flow through Jesus. It should point to Jesus. And I went, that's amazing. Jesus should be at the center and your family should point to Jesus. Your job should point to Jesus. That's not saying that your job should be ministry. That's saying you at your job points to Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you do. Bus driver, mailman, nursery worker, whatever. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink. For three days, night or day, and my ma- I and my maids will fast as you do. What she's saying is, and simply fasting is giving up food to get with God. Or giving up something to have a conversation with God. Who knows what that is? Nowadays, that could be Facebook. It could be not watching your, your TV show, your favorite one, Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Yes, I was that guy that had the Dixie horn. I'm just saying. My wife is up here going, oh, Lord. But whatever it is, and she's sitting there saying, 
we're going to set aside time where we're going to focus on God because what we're about to do, boy, he needs to be at the center of it. Boy, he needs to be involved. He needs to be there. Finding your place requires great initiative. Guess what, folks? Walking with God is a partnership. You can't read the Bible by osmosis. You can't know God without opening the book. You got to step out and take some initiative. I love Sunday mornings. I love church. I think, me personally, and this is, y'all can agree or not, but I think we got the best pastors in the world. Period. End of story. Close the book. Doesn't mean he does everything right, but I think he's the best. But you know what? There's only so much that he can teach me. Guess what? There's going to come a time when, guess what? I've got to get in my book. I've got to get with God. In order for me to grow, it's going to take me being initiative. It's going to take me stepping out and doing some things. It is. There will always be steps that you must take. Always going to be steps that you must take. I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. He says, I need God in the middle of this, but you know what? I'm going to step out and I'm going to go to the king. It's against the law. You don't go see the king until he calls for you. But I'm going to step out and I'm going to go see him. This is the queen saying this. It's like, I'm going to step out and I'm going to go see him. And I'm going to ask him about this. And if I perish, I perish. There are going to be some times that you're going to step out. And you know what? You may fall flat on your face. You may. But will you, will you grow? Most of the time you learn from your failures, right? Most of the time. It happens. If I perish, I perish. But you got to step out. Now we're going to get into some, some words that we should learn from Esther. Get into some encouraging words. Esther's words of encouragement. When you don't understand, stay steady. When you don't understand, stay steady. I love church. I love coming on Sunday morning. My kids love coming on Sunday morning. As crazy as it sounds, they got all excited about coming and doing setup this morning. I woke up going, you're crazy, but you know. But what I love most about church is that we got a family in Austin that's going through a rough time. 
that usually is right here singing. But the amount of support for that family that is coming through, that's what church is about. That's what being the body of Christ is about. That's what it's about. And I love that. Being there for one another. When you don't understand, stay steady. Romans 8, 28. And, when we, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God's going to work those, that thing out for good. That thing that's happening down there in Austin, I can't wait for the miracles that are going to happen. I can't wait to hear the stories that are going to come out, the lives that are going to be impacted out of this thing. Because God works for good. It might be rough right now, but God's going to work it for good. And I just That excites me. That gets me ready. I'm like, okay, hurry up and get healed so we can go on with the miracles, man. So we can go on with the life-changing impacts that are going to happen out of this. When you realize God's purpose for your life, you feel empowered. Man, when you feel like you can do something, let's go. Let's do it. I can do this. Acts 10.38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and what? Power. He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was what? With him. God was with him. And he went around doing what? Good. That's what it's about. Being able to impact people's lives. Being able to to show God's love to people. That's what it's about. When you know God loves you, it's easier to take the next step. When you know that God loves you, it's easier to take the next step. What a statement that is. When you know the out, when you know the outcome on the other end, it's easier to take the next step. When you know, no matter what is going to happen, God loves me. It's easier to jump out there. Acts seventeen. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their their appointed times in history. And the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him. And perhaps reach out for him. And find him. Loving God. That whole statement right there. God did it. So that they would seek him. So that they would seek to love me. Because I love them. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of you, as some of your own poets have said, 
We are his offspring. We are his offspring. God loves us. And when, it's eat, when we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves us, it's easier to take that next step. Whatever that next step is. Everybody's at a different point. Everybody's at a different step. I cannot tell you what your next step is. That is between you and God. You have to find out your next step. And that's where you get along with God and do that. God is for us. So let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. For some of you, that next step might be the first step. For some of you, you're going, okay, I know about this whole God thing, but I don't know him. I've known about Jesus. I've heard about him. I know the name, but I don't know him. And I was just coming to get a coffee and donuts. I didn't know what this thing was. I didn't know there was going to be some crazy guy down there speaking. For some of you, your next step is simply accepting Jesus and what he did. And it's not dependent on anything else other than your willingness to do it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Because it's not dependent on you really at all other than saying yes. One of the coolest stories of being part of Celebration Church is that that guy that I moved in with at 15 on a Wednesday night, 77 years old, said yes to Jesus. The other cool part of that was that my father-in-law was the one that led him. And you don't know how awesome me standing here is because of that guy that used to stand right over there. And the fact that he got to lead my papa to the Lord is one of my all-time favorite stories. And I told Pastor Brandon at that moment, I said, you know what? It doesn't care what we do. I'm in. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. For years, my papa kept telling me he didn't deserve it. That's what being saved is about. That's what following Jesus is about. That we don't deserve it. But that his grace is sufficient. Which means we get in on something that we don't deserve. Period. That. That is what it's about.
And it doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. God says, let's go. Because it's about knowing him better and trusting him more. So this morning, as we create a quiet moment, every head bowed, every eye closed.